Welcome to a very special edition of Beyond the INC, the keen podcast that will next week be brought to you in the club style. This episode was recorded live at London's Kentish Town Forum and back here after hours at the squat. In the hours we spent down in the Kentish Town, we met all sorts of keen fans, chatted them up and asked them what they thought of the new record and the gig. Their responses varied from the super friendly. So you would sleep with Jesse Quinn? Um, yeah, why not? To the slightly grumpy. Please don't broadcast any of this. And while Chris opted for the authentic fangirl-style gig experience... I think we're about 3,000 from the end. Andrew was off making some friendly new acquaintances in the crowd. There's no call for this kind of level of homoeroticism at 7 o'clock on a Monday night. So all this and more on today's pioneering edition of Beyond the Iron Sea. Beyond the Iron Sea. In anticipation of Keane's big return to the stage, I headed down to London's Kentish Town Forum nice and early to meet some of the traditional early birds and ask them what they were looking forward to the most. First of all, uh, tell me your name. I'm called Martha. <laughs> do you enjoy the podcast? Yes, I do. Um, are you looking forward to tonight, first of all? Stupid question. <laughs> How long have you been here? Twelve. And why did you come here at twelve? Because I thought the queue would be longer than it was. <laughs> are you hoping to get close enough to... Um, commit indecent assault? <laughs> um, yes. What are you looking forward to hearing most? Um, spiralling, because it's the only one I've had. <laughs> well, no, I like covers are losing as well. Um, what are your fears? What do you think could go wrong? I think, I don't know, I, I can't trust him with a guitar yet. So... Worried he might do something he might regret. He might, he might try and look stylish with a guitar. And I, I, I like the fact that he just plays it rather than swings it around. And if he does try to start doing that, you know, it could go wrong. He might knock Jesse out or something. Well, let's hope he doesn't. Depending on how things go, obviously. Um, I've been requested to have a shout out to the Duvet Divas over here because they're the coolest Cuba people as well. Okay, well, thanks very much for talking to us, Mark. Thank you. That's fine. I hope you enjoyed it. So yes, that was the uh, the Duvet Divas. Understandably, there were a few people who shared Martha's fears about Tom's performances, including Jen. I'm worried how it's going to work, the fact that Tom is going to be strapped to a guitar for quite a large portion of it. I don't know how it's going to fit into the performance with him you know, taking that on and off and moving around the stage. I know they addressed it in the recent interview, but I do wonder how it's actually going to work in practice, if it's going to make him feel a little bit contained, you know. So hopefully not. Now, in amongst the long queue that snaked all the way around the industrial back roads of the town, past the church and then into the business units, there were a few familiar faces who we saw at an evening with Beyond the Iron Sea just last week. And one of these was Pete. Uh, Pete, you came along on Thursday and you've heard the album. Uh, what are you looking forward to hearing uh, later on tonight? Uh, probably uh, the track, Perfect Symmetry. I mean, they've plugged it as being a a big track on the album and uh, really looking forward to that being live because yeah. it's quite an anthem of you know, the track so uh, yeah looking forward to that one uh, How do you think they're going to do the quiet bits with just four of them? It's very interesting <laughs> I think that's all for us to find out tonight but um, yeah really looking forward to see how um, the keyboards are going to come out because it seems like there's a lot of layering on the album more so probably than on under the RNC do you think it makes a difference having heard the record before you hear it live um yeah 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 you, you know what's going to be coming out and uh you know it gives you an idea before you hear it live and uh just makes it more exciting as well 
It's, it's often hard to get a feel for tracks if you hear them for the first time live, um, because it's, you're a slave to, to however the, the sound mix is done. It is, and especially you know, before the album comes out, if there's a gap between hearing it live and then you're waiting to hear it you know, on the CD, you, know, you don't know how different it's going to be. So yeah, it was definitely a big advantage hearing the tracks first before hearing it live. Okay, well, thank you very much, Pete. Um, we'll uh, let you go in. <laughs> Cheers, thanks a lot. Bye. Cheers. Someone else who had had the opportunity to hear the songs on the record before coming to the venue was our old friend Mark MacDonald, who had taken his second flight down from Scotland in four days in order to be there. So what are you looking forward to hearing most live? Uh, I think probably Perfect Symmetry, actually, uh, just because it's such a big Keaton song, even though this album's got a lot of stuff that's quite different to Keaton, you know, and I'm very for that kind of thing, you know, it's just such a good song that, you know, it's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most, so we'll see how good a job they can do on it. Um, how do you think the um, the choir bit is going to work out? That's a good question, because uh, it was one of the bits I singled out on the questionnaire that we had for the um, the evening, uh, the playback, it was one of the, my favourite bits actually. Um, I'm interested to see how well they'll be able to manage to pull that off doing it live, especially if they're not wanting to use playback and stuff to sort of fill the sound out of a choir, but uh, well, it'll be interesting to see. It might fall flat in its face, but hey, it's all fun. Um, do you think they're going to pull it off tonight? I certainly hope so. Um, I think they will. I think, you know, they're live as, you know, where the band live. And uh, I think, you know, they've, even though, you know, they could have been, the performance on um, Jonathan Ross and Friday Night, you know, it was okay. But it wasn't fantastic. But, you know, I think once they're not got TV cameras on them, they're in front of their own crowd. And, you know, I think they'll do it. I think it'll be a good one. Hey, well, um, thanks very much for having a chat with us, Mark. Um, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you again soon. No doubt. Indeed. I'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Uh, have a good show. And with showtime approaching, the doors opened and we were finally allowed into the newly refurbished forum. Yeah, it looked quite swished, didn't it, compared to last time? Um, the venue's already hosted some memorable shows in the past and was previously known for being quite sweaty and a bit, little bit kind of rough and ready, a bit of a really. dodgy, you know, wet yeah. walls, that sort of thing. Yeah, Camden, basically. However, having recently changed hands, it looks spick and span for Keen to give it a proper christening. So yeah, we quite liked it, um, even mm. if there was no beer on tap, leaving us to resort to cans of Red Stripe as though it was being hosted around the back of a working men's club or something. Mm. It's like, like the, the third world out there. Yeah. Anyway, after setting up camp at the sound desk, we prepared to welcome the band back. Beyond the With Andrew doing his best to fill in the void on the official website by providing a live blog using his phone... The rest of us relaxed and got ready to enjoy the show. And in case you're wondering why we're playing this in the background, this is the music that the band chose to bring them back to the stage for the first time in a year. Yes, the theme from Top Gun. Just to add that extra 80s touch. So the set rolled into action and these are our track-by-track thoughts, starting with the opening track, which was The Lovers Are Losing. Yeah, we were debating actually, weren't we, whether Spiralling would start or finish the gig and we didn't consider this song at all. No, we, um, I, I, I just was expecting them to come out and bash into Spiralling because it's such a, a great way to start uh-huh. an important show like this. But, um, but I thought this was uh, an even better way actually because, I mean, it's a song people knew yeah. and, and it kept some of the anticipation and, and it actually sounded brilliant with um, Jesse on the, on the bass because it's sort of a quite straightforward rock song, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, No Laptop was the first thing that mm-hmm. struck me. Um, to see the band come on stage with um, Jesse wearing the bass, uh, Tom wearing his guitar, was it was just quite exciting. 
Um, next song was Better Than This. I thought that was great. Um, there was a bit of a sort of Spinal Tap moment at the start where Tom's guitar didn't work and someone had to run oh, on. Oh, yeah, someone ran on and adjusted his... Because uh, he had the the, pa- the radio pack. Right? Yeah, it was a bit of a, a sort of slightly ironic way to start the Keen with Guitars era, wasn't yeah. it, by the guitar not working? Well, I was actually slightly disappointed. I thought it there was just something slightly flat about it, as though on the record there seemed to be a lot more layers. Yeah. As though there was an extra, there was an extra part that was missing. Whether that was a synth or something, I don't know. It might have been the sort of banjo sound that um, you can sort of hear ticking away in the background. Yeah, I think obviously they've not quite enough members to pull it off. No, but I think it was it was credible. It was just slightly flat if you're used to it live. If you sorry, if you're used to it on record. I think we've listened to that um, album version so many times. The, the version from Steve Lamax Shaw. I think we're just used to hearing yeah. it in the full way rather than But then as I think Keen's strength has always been that they've been able to recreate what they do hmm. um, so well um, on record, on the stage, hmm. um, admittedly with the laptop. So I think that really is the, the test. But have, there have been reinterpretations like the, the Frog Prince is, you know, yeah, ne- d- didn't sort of survive as a full band thing. So I guess we'll get used to this. Um, then, on into This Is The Last Time. Um, I thought this was a bit odd. It, it was strange to hear it so early in the set, wasn't it? Um, frankly, it sounded ancient. Hearing it straight after the lovers are losing and, and better than this, it was like it—it it was an anachronism. Um, I mean, a great sing-along, and but it just sounded old. And I think that the real challenge for touring this album is going to be trying to blend these old songs, um, which do sound very old, um, trying to get them integrated in the set. I think. Hmm. Yeah, um, uh, this was the first time we heard Jesse play to one of the, sort of the existing songs as well. Yeah. I thought he did a great job, as well, uh, especially since that's such a great bass line we've talked about so many times. Mm. Uh, the fact that it was it was barely distinguishable from how it used to be, I think that was a real, you know, a real bonus. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm excited about the next one. This this was the highlight of the night. Um, this this was the the absolute for, well for me personally. Yeah. The next track was um, you haven't told me anything. Uh-huh. I, it was absolutely immense, absolutely brilliant. It was so catchy. It was just, it was a powerhouse of a song. Um, yeah, this is quite funny actually because this was the one that scored only um, on average in our questionnaire only scored seven out of ten. If you want to see the full results of our um, evening with Beyond the NC questionnaires, then uh, go to the website and check see, them out. Seven out of ten sounds quite reasonable, but I mean that was the lowest score of any of the tracks. By it was, far, yeah. I think that, you know someone else raced it at four, and when you consider that that people were, were rabid for for the record, people didn't didn't get this song at all. No. But seeing them play it live, it was huge, absolutely enormous. Um, and when the riff was played on its own right at the end of the song, I think you you were almost begging. For Tim to just lead the band back in and do one more chorus, like um, like Keen have never been able to do because of the laptop, and like like so many other bands, when they could tell the crowd's hot for it, when they can just go back and do another chorus. You know? It is a bit of a, a live rocker, isn't it? It's got a very kind of sort of gr- it's got a bit of a groove to it. It reminds me of uh, one of the Coldplay B sides. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, I, uh, I we've been we've been throwing this back through. I mean, it's so many Coldplay. The one songs I love, that it I reminds think. Me of. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's yes, got it's, yes, it's, yes, it's got brilliant. it's got that kind of uh, <laughs> groove to it. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of either song, but um, live it, it definitely sort of got me going. So yeah, that's really the one I prefer live to the album. Really does really does sound quite a bit like the one I love. Um, and uh, this features uh, Jesse uh, bringing out uh, a big drum and, and hitting it, which yeah, uh, was a great sight to see. It hard. 
Um, no, it was, it was brilliant. Um, I didn't expect it to be such a huge song, and it, it was brilliant. Yeah, so if you don't like it on the album, you, you never know. You might love it at the O2 or any other shows you happen to see. No, I, I think we're going to diverge here a little bit. Uh, a bad, uh, a bad dream, Chris. Yes, I thought it was it was pretty good actually. Yeah, um, it sounded very raw and very different, and I quite liked that. That it sort of had a bit more kind of passion to it. I thought it sounded dreary for about two thirds of it. I thought it dragged. From you haven't told me anything to go into that. It sounded it jarred, and I can understand why you'd want to go from a huge song like that into something a little bit more. Just sort of take it down a gear, but this was like going from fifth to first. It was, um, it just sounded like it dragged. That might have been because they were playing without a click track, and maybe the tempos were slightly different. I did yeah. notice that on some of the earlier songs, so um, maybe that's something to do with it. But I, I thought I thought it came across pretty well. I mean, Jesse made a, a very very tiny mistake, but I mean, I don't think anyone else would have noticed. Yeah. Well, um, towards the end, the. Um, the huge build at the end, the feedback coming off the the pianos was just the distortion. It was just it was it so was, much more of a rock loud. show last night, wasn't it? It was yeah. It was just it was visceral. Something that um, although Keen have done loud shows before, it's never been quite so raw. And that that was fantastic. Mm. Another old song came next. Then everybody's changing. Um, I I have to agree with you actually on the same sort of lines. I thought this one actually was a bit pedestrian and sort of lacked in something yeah um we're going back to the same challenge of trying to integrate the older songs in with the new the newer rockier songs yeah but not just rockier but i think we hit on something there by saying they were just more raw something more animalistic more about like a them band a rock band than a pop band yes um this is really the the master stroke of the reinvention everybody's changing did sound great and the crowd loved it and they ate it up but it did sound different to what we... It did. It just sounded like the band changed from the band that they were a couple of songs previously. Mm. Anyway, the moment everyone was waiting for, I think, spiralling. First of all, uh, the bad points, so we can get them out of the way. Okay. They played the radio edit. Yeah, where where was the sort of extra... Well, I, I never saw the light and I never heard it either. There was no extra bit um, that we were expecting... Um, and it seems very strange for a band to perform a radio edit of a song live, isn't mm. it? It's, it's strange. You can understand it on TV or something, but yeah. Yeah, to do it at a gig was just very odd. Yeah. Um, that said... Brilliant. Absolutely the, the brilliant, The venue yeah. shook, and this this was something that we both noticed, that the, the video screens on the wall were shaking. I mean, we genuinely shaking. The projectors mm. that hang from the balcony were being um, rattled almost off their moorings. And it was, on one hand, kind of scary because we were right underneath them. But it was absolutely thrilling to see them like, literally destroying a venue. It was brilliant. Yeah, um, seeing Jesse sort of, you know, um, seeing Jesse playing the percussion and things, I thought that was great. I, as we said before, um, there's lots more layers on the album and there's only so much they can do live. But, I mean, if they could bring out support band members on, on future tours to play extra percussion parts, yeah. that, that should be possible, shouldn't it? Just, you know... Give them all some tambourines or whatever they do. Yeah, just um, get people Capacity, involved, make it huge. Yeah. And then we went on into again and again. And I uh, I love the riff that it opens with, the, the little synth riff. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a put-it-behind-you kind of song for me. I, I kind of like it, and it goes in my head, but I, I don't get it, really. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna put it along with put-it-behind-you, which is, which is outright shit. Um, <laughs> but it, this is a, a fun song. I... I, I just I could do with hearing it again and again. 
Mm, I see what you did there. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I, I just need to hear it a bit more, I think. Um, I could, I've hummed it all day at work, but as soon as I heard uh, you haven't told me anything, I'm, I'm not going to remember any other music for days. Good stuff. Uh, somewhere only we know then another or classic favourite. Um, again with Jesse reinterpreting oh, the, it a little bit. There was the a bass. There was a little slide on it and everything. Well, the venue really did shake. If you remember that that slide that he does, Tim Tim does it on record. Uh-huh. Um, we did that laptop breakdown um, weeks and weeks ago now. Yeah. But if you hear the 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 bass as it comes off the laptop, that's a huge note. Mm. And I w- I was waiting. I, I think we both were because I I can remember when it was played that the two of us sort of you know go. You know, it's like a, a relax into it. It's the the one after the first the first verse. You know yeah. the one I mean. Um, and yeah, it, it was just really excellent playing and and plenty of singing along, of course. Which yeah, huge anthem still. Definitely. Um, getting of getting towards anthems. the end. This is this is a future a future classic. Probably the most old style of the new songs of all of them, and I think it's going to be very very instant with people as a result. Um, what did you reckon? Um, I thought the sort of choir section in the middle um, sounded amazing. There was um, Jesse, Tim and Richard all singing backing vocals, um, doing a sort of harmony sort of thing. And it sounded it sounded brilliant. I can only imagine what it'll sound like with 20,000 people singing yeah. along to it um, at the bigger shows. There was one low point in particular um, that we were talking about earlier, which was um, Richard's drums. Um, there's one, one fill in particular. Which I was lacklustre. I think it was. It, it was. it just struck me as a bit funny in, in this huge song. There was just a, a very, very odd drum fill. But I think that's very important because um, Richard's Richard's part in this record can't be understated. The, the beat's a huge bit of this record. Um, and I think, unlike perhaps in the past, Richard's got to be really on for 100% of all of the songs. Mm. There was a big rock ending at the end, though, wasn't oh, there, yeah. where where they had you know the lights flashing up for each chords and you know big big crash symbols on each chord. Uh, this, I mean, this this was um, this was a song writ large. This is the biggest song of theirs to date. It's written for arenas, isn't it? Yeah, not, not for small venues. No, it wasn't written for arenas, Chris. This was written to headline the Pyramid Stage at Glastonbury. Mm. It's a huge, huge song. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it a bit more. It didn't quite stand out like. Um, you know, like the sonic blast of "You haven't told me anything," which I've gone on about again, and, you know, again, again. Um, but I think it's it's going to be huge. Good, good. And uh, then bed shaped, and bed shaped <laughs> in its rightful place at the end of the set. Yes, finally. Um, I think I band have been desperate to get rid of it as the last song um, yeah. at the end of the encore for a long time. Yeah. They, they had a go at getting rid of it on the club tour um, for Under the Iron Sea and in the end they ended up going back to it like a, a comfort blanket almost. Um, now I think it's probably found its place as the last song of the, the, the regular set. Yeah. Um, and it, it went down very well. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Uh, I particularly like Jesse's involvement on the bass as well, so... I think we could say this for almost all the songs. Jesse's, yeah. Jesse's involvement was almost perfect. Yeah, he, he gelled really, really quickly, I thought. He, I thought it might be a bit strange seeing three people plus one, but it didn't feel like that. It no, it felt, felt like a band of four. Absolutely. So into the encore we go, and Atlantic. Yeah, this caught us both by surprise a little, didn't it? Because we were just seeing how, mo- how little there was. From Hardly m- anything from Under the Iron Sea. Yeah. Almo- almost like it had been orphaned, in a way, you know, sent away to boarding school. <laughs> um but Atlantic's too good to be ignored, and it deserves to stay as the first track of the encore for, for at least the whole of this tour and the next album tour, and probably at least the couple of albums after that. It's mm. just a great song. 
Yeah, and just after we were talking about how little Under the Iron Sea there was, another track from Under the Iron Sea. Yeah, we were thinking maybe a little bit predictable with the encore. Um, possibly, I guess, in future, you've got if you have either ors in your set list, you could drop this, bring in Crystal Ball instead. Um, this was great seeing um, Jesse on the bass finally really, really go for it. Jump, you know, Jesse and the drum rider. Um, crowd, like, proper mosh pit down the front. It was, it was a thing of beauty seeing the band rock that hard. Yeah, I mean, I think the new songs have got potential too. Just no one knew them last night, so it's it's going to be great to see um, the gig at Coco when people have had a little time with the uh, with the record. And one song in particular that I think Coco is made for is the last song of all, right at the end of the encore, which is "Love Is the End." Mm. Um, Jesse on the bongos. Yeah, we saw some bongos there at the beginning of of the set, and we were wondering what they were for, thinking they might play um, Pretend That You're Alone, which is uh, one of the tracks that sounds very much like Talking Heads. Yeah, with the bongos. Um, um, but but no, it's for Love Is The End, which is sort of the le- song you'd least expect it on, really. Yeah. Um, I think it was missing something by not having the musical saw, but hopefully at Coco, with the strings, that will more than be made up for. Mm. Um, perhaps the only downer was the fact that because it was the first, the first gig, and this was a, a song that... Perhaps 90% of the audience hadn't heard. Hmm. Um, even with the leaks, 90% of the audience hadn't heard it. And so, you know, quite a lot of loud talking at the back. People who just didn't know it and were waiting to get out of the, the show early. Um, and that, that was really the only thing that, that took some, some of the gloss off it for me. But otherwise, absolutely beautiful. It was a great set, wasn't it? Yeah, lo- uh, just a fantastic show. Um, and I, I don't think any of us, really, you know, I, I, no one we spoke to could fault it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was it. Um, and before we could have much of a, a time to sort of gather our thoughts when we were in there, in come the security, eager to get us out of the venue. But as soon as we got outside onto the pavement, it was time to sort of round up as many people as we could, get their thoughts on the gig. The first person we looked for was that midday queer from Devon. No, no, Cure. Q-U-E-U-E-R. Oh, sorry, that midday cure from Devon. Martha, better. So we're, um, we're joined again outside the forum after the gig by Martha, who we spoke to earlier with the Duvet Deepers. Uh, how did it go down with you guys? It was great. We loved it. Yeah, awesome. What's your favourite song? My favourite song is always Bed Shaped and It's Any Wonder because they're amazing live. Mainly because I can jump to It's Any Wonder and Bed Shaped just makes me cry. But what about the new songs? Oh, they're good, but I don't know the words to all of them yet. Therefore, it, it's not quite there yet. Once you know the album, do you think it's going to be as good as the others? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. It's, it's going to be a, maybe even better. Because it's really happy and upbeat, rather than the other two being slightly depressing. So, she seemed to enjoy it. We caught up with someone who's seen the band dozens and dozens of times since the first record. What did she make of it? Hello, I'm Tina. So, tell us what you thought of the show. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um... Yeah, I don't know what song. I'm going to be a really crap interviewing. What, 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 what's your favourite song and uh, what's so great uh, about it? I Spiralling worked very, very well. Like, that's just genius live because everybody's already doing the woos and that's just generally brilliant. Um, what, about the, what about the bongos in Love is the End? Bongos, bongos rule. There, there really isn't anything else to say on the bongo front. It rules. And uh, how big, how big did uh, You Haven't Told Me Anything sound? Because a lot of people hated that, but... I haven't made up my mind up about that yet. So, therefore, I, I'm on the fence, frankly. I'm leaning more towards liking than not liking, though. It's kind of a video check. So, um, with the veterans happy, um, how about some of the debutantes? Um, 
we had a chat with Nicolette, who is a long-time friend of the podcast, and um, emails us mm-hmm. almost every week, and she was attending her very first Keen show. We're, um, we're joined by a long-distance correspondent to the show, uh, which joined by Nicolette, who has come here from the United States of America. And uh, was, that, uh, was that worth the trip, Nicolette? Absolutely, it was worth the trip, yes. So what, what was your favourite song? Oh, God. Well, I love that they played the old stuff because this is my first gig. So to be able to see them play the old stuff was a lot for me. But Perfect Symmetry and Spiraling, I would say, were two of the new stuff were the big hits for me. The two song, other songs I was hoping to hear, they didn't play. So I'll be looking for that on the, the U.S. tour. So which two were they? I mean, this is the first time you've heard the band. And they didn't play an awful lot of the old stuff, you see. Yes, but it's more than I've ever heard, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> Of the new stuff, the two that I was hoping to hear was Pretend That You're Alone and You Don't See Me. So hopefully I'll catch those on the U.S. tour. So well worth the trip? Absolutely, yes. I had a fantastic time, and I love London, and, and I had a great time at your party. Thank you so much. It was all a blast. Thanks a lot for coming, and I'm glad you had a good time. I had a fantastic time. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, Nicolette. Thanks. So, an important matter then. This was multi-instrumentalist and West London sex machine Jesse Quinn's first proper fully-fledged gig with the band, and we were understandably eager to ask the question that counts. Jesse Quinn, fit or failure? What? <laughs> Jesse Quinn, fit or failure? He's not bad. How do you think Jesse filled in tonight? I think he was brilliant. He, 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 he fit in really well. He seemed to enjoy himself, and I think everybody welcomed him with open arms. And see, the crowd seemed to do, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, he's like a scale model of Tim. <laughs> a little bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, mini me. <laughs> yeah. 0.8 of a Tim. Yes. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, is there? <laughs> and uh, Jesse Quinn, as far as the band goes, fit or failure? Fit. Definitely. He's hot. <laughs> so you would sleep with Jesse Quinn? Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? That's my, that's my motto. Man, shut up! <laughs> and finally, we caught up with someone who was back at her first Keen show for three years, having been disillusioned with Under the INC. What did she make of the new songs? And um, our next person to corner is Emma. Hi. Emma, <laughs> did you enjoy this evening? I did, actually. It exceeded all my expectations. Were your expectations high or low? Uh, they were high. They have to be high because it's keen. And it's been three years away from me. And I was apprehensive. But no, they came up with the goods. It was gold. What made, what made it that they came up with the goods? What made it such gold? I think it's had the energy. They look like they're more relaxed. And the new songs, Perfect Symmetry, which I was concerned about because when I heard it initially at the album listening party, I thought, hmm, how's that going to work live? But no. It sounded great, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed the old songs and the new songs. Uh, any uh, any particular low points then? Um, would like to see bed shaped, gone, really exercised. Yes, wiped from history for a while. I mean, at least it's not a closer anymore. That's a good thing. Love's the end was definitely the high point for me. Tears galore there. Did you think it was missing something by not having the saw? Uh, yes. I, but I don't know, just hearing it for the first time live, it was just special, but yeah, I think it, after a while it will give into greats and you, you will miss that kind of special piece. So will you be booking to come back and see Keen again? I was just saying actually, yeah, I'm back now. I'm going to be grabbing tickets as soon as I get home. O2 Arena? Yes, and Plymouth. 
everywhere. <laughs> All over the world. So it, it couldn't have gone much better. Um, with a crowd of women thronging around the stage door, and Chris and I starting to feel our age a yeah. bit, all of 20-something, we made our way onto the train station. Um, in conclusion, they're keen are back, and according to the people who matter most, their fans, seems like they're better than ever before. Beyond the That is all for this very special edition of Beyond the INC. We just have one more note to make about t-shirts. Uh, we still have a number of the True Fact t-shirts, both number 14 and number 28, available to buy for just £15. Yep, stock is starting to run out, and we're now out of girly medium t-shirts, I'm afraid. But we do have stock of all the other sizes left. Now, if you're interested, check out our website, which not only has t-shirt information, but also has a rundown of everything else that we did at our evening with Beyond the INC. And the website address is www.beyondtheinc.com forward slash playback. Now, we hear that the T-shirts received Tim's seal of approval last night, if that's important to you, although he was heard to exclaim on reading his T-shirt, that isn't true at all. Who can solve this conundrum? I say we find out more next time. Yeah, keep your emails coming in to beyondtheinc at gmail.com. And we'll be back next time with an exclusive undercover investigation. Oh, man. So until then... Finish your drinks, guys, and make your way to the exit, please.